The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show will feature Anthony Marino of Buffalo Rumblings as we talk about the Buffalo Bills, as we continue to preview New York Giants opponents for the 2019 season. We have looked at the Washington Redskins, the Dallas Cowboys, and a couple of other teams on the schedule, the Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions as well. We will hit as many of the Giants opponents as we possibly can before training camp starts. And and as I said, today will be the Buffalo Bills interesting conversation about Josh Allen, about the future of the Bills, about comparisons between the Bills and the Giants. Before we get to our conversation with Anthony, just quickly wanted to mention to to folks, you know, please continue to check out the roster profiles that we're doing at Big Blue View. We're going through every single player on the roster um, leading up to training camp. You know, we will try to have, uh, you know, position previews, get you as much information as we can about your New York Giants leading up to training camp. If you have any questions for the weekly Big Blue View mailbox, please make sure that you email those to bigblueview at gmail.com. So, uh, you know, and and please remember also join the community at Big Blue View if you uh, if you haven't done so already so that you can comment and uh, participate in the discussion with other fans of the New York Giants. You guys commenters, you guys are the lifeblood of the site without without listeners here to the podcast, without readers of of uh, our material at bigblueview.com. 
you know, that then we don't uh, we don't have jobs, we don't have work. We appreciate you guys. We hope you appreciate what we do. We always appreciate your support. So, with that said, let's turn to the interview that I recorded with Anthony Marino of Buffalo Rumblings. Okay, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Anthony Marino, a contributor from SB Nation's Buffalo Rumblings, which covers the Buffalo Bills, what we're trying to do through the offseason here. Here is uh, catch up with some of the Giants' opponents through the 2019 season. Anthony, thank you very much for, uh, for joining the show. Hey, Ed, it's great to be on and look forward to catching up with you and talking Giants and Bills. So let's get right into it, Anthony. Here, we, you know, we're we're through the uh, the off season. We're through free agency and the draft and all the spring practices, and we're in that sort of dead zone as we all wait for for training camps to start. Buffalo's coming off a a six and ten season, which you know, not not great. You know, probably a little disappointing. You know, for the folks in, in Western New York, but. What is your feeling, you know, heading to training camp, you know, after getting through the, you know, all the off-season stuff and and seeing what the Bills did to their roster? Are you you feeling good about this team? You optimistic, you kind of pessimistic, you know, where are you at this point? No, there's definitely a sense of optimism right now and and not just because it's June and you know, you're coming off the draft and free agency and and I feel that all 32 fan bases feel relatively optimistic this time of year. But when you look at the Bills and you've got you know year two of Josh Allen coming into play, that there's expectations that that he will make that next step in his progression. But also you look at a relatively successful draft for the Bills and a lot of excitement around them getting Ed Oliver in the first round. And it was a busy free agency for Buffalo with uh, Brandon Bean adding a, a lot of pieces to the offensive line, something that was a a true weakness for the team in 2018 and uh, some other offensive weapons as well. When you talk about guys like Cole Beasley and John Brown. So, you know, usually it's, again, there's always optimism from bills fans during the off season, but this year, I think there's an actual reason to, uh, to actually have some higher expectations definitely than there was in 2018. And, and just looking forward to training camp and the preseason getting started in a few weeks. You know, it's funny because Giants fans tend to be, you know, really pessimistic and, you know, oh, you know, things aren't good and this and that. And and yet, you know, the Giants have won four Super Bowls, two Super Bowls, I think, since the last time the Bills won a uh, won a playoff game. I th- if I'm right, you guys have played in one playoff game since 1999. Is that correct? It is correct, unfortunately. And, and and the only reason I bring that up, you know, Giants fans, is, you know, we're talking to someone, you know, from, from a fan base that, that has it worse than the Giants have had it. And yes, Giants fans, there are teams out there that have had it worse that would trade places with you. So, you know, Anthony, I just, you know, you you would take those, you would take those two Super Bowls the Giants have won, you know, since you got since 99, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. And you know, you you take a look at those things and I think it is always a great piece 
about Bills fans, and there's plenty of negative Bills fans too, right? You go to any comment section on on our site, just like I'm sure you do on yours. You, you know, you've got people that are always going to be pessimistic, and others that will always be optimistic. But there is just a passion around this community of Bills fans, in some ways, embracing that underdog role. And you know, you talk about the parody in the NFL, and you're just thinking to yourself, like, okay, as uh, as fans of this team, we have more than paid our dues. Uh, you know, going back to Josh Allen, you know, can he be that franchise quarterback for the team? Because you feel like it's uh, it's been a long time coming, to say the least. You know, I have to say this. My son lives just a couple of miles from the, you know, from the stadium. You know, I've been I've been over there for for one or two games. You know, one game I was there covering the Giants. So I was sitting in the press box. But you the Buffalo experience to, to watch an NFL game, I know that Commissioner Roger Goodell is pushing Buffalo getting a new stadium and and all of those things, which would change a lot of the, probably change a lot of the experience in Buffalo. But just, Anthony, just talk to me about Buffalo fans, because for me, it's a... You know, it's a different experience. You know, being a being a football fan in Buffalo. Yeah, it is a different experience, and I think the best way to qualify it is similar to you know you think of a big time college football type of atmosphere. It's it's that type of passion that that comes with it, and it, you know it might not have that corporate presence of, of some of your more major markets, but as you look at that level of passion and really as you know too right in the northeast it is not a hotbed of of college football at least when you're talking about throughout new york and new england you know syracuse having a bit of a resurgence and you talk about boston college and others but really it's these nfl teams which are the you know the lifeline for for fans throughout the area so for you know those fans that might travel to buffalo i'm sure you experience it yourself it does have that you know that college atmosphere to it and just a lot of passion from the uh, from the Bills fan base. Well, it's interesting. You know, we'll move on and we'll talk about the team a little bit, but just to talk about that a little bit more, for folks that, that are used to going to Giants games, you know, MetLife Stadium is in, a, in, the, in the middle of a big complex. There are, you know, there's a, a, a horse racing track there. The Giants practice facility is there. There is the, the IZOD Center, you know, where, where uh, the, the Nets used to play. You know, is over there, and it's a concrete jungle. When you go to a Bills game, you know people bring their RVs and they park the day before. People park at the local high school. They park on people's lawns. They park in business parking lots, and it's it's a neighborhood thing. It really is. And again, right, you talk about that community. I mean, when you're talking about the the Western New York Buffalo area, when the Buffalo Bills are playing, that is what everyone is doing. Whether they're there, I mean, there's people, again, they've got their RVs and, and they stay in the lots, right? They may not have tickets for the games, but they want to be a, with those fans, a part of that community. We know there's a lot of viral clips that go out there of people jumping through tables and some of that type of nonsense. But really, for the most part, you're talking about some great people, again, that just love this team. And it has that community feel, like you said, of uh, in so many games, the RV lot is sold out each and every week for the home games because – you know, this is something that that family and friends, they come out and do. And it's a tradition for them, like we talked about before, despite the team's struggles over on the field over the past two decades. 
So let's talk about the the Bills on the field. And you mentioned optimism, and one of the reasons for optimism is, of course, second-year quarterback Josh Allen. And I'm really interested in Josh Allen because, for me, there are a lot of similarities to Daniel Jones with the Giants. And I'm not talking about you know, play style or arm strength or, or scouting report kinds of things. But there were a lot of people who didn't believe that Josh Allen should have been, you know, a top 10, a top half of the first round kind of draft pick last year, that that his talent, his resume at Wyoming just didn't deserve that. And and yet the Bills, you know, went ahead and pulled the trigger on that, put him, you know, put the franchise in his hands, much like the Giants have done with Daniel Jones, although it looks like, you know, Jones will probably sit for most, if not all, of the 2019 season if things go well for the Giants. So just your thoughts at this point on Josh Allen's development on whether you think he is going to be a guy who can really be a franchise quarterback for the Bills, you know, for the next 10, 12 years. Yeah, and Ed, it's interesting you make the comparison because I was thinking the same thing today when we were, uh, you know, just looking forward to, to chatting with you. And and Jones, another one of those guys, right? You talk about the the high character. You talk about the the leadership all of those pieces and it's really one of those things until Josh Allen was on your team you don't realize like okay this is a guy that again that can be a leader on this football team and and you come into it now he didn't have the luxury that Jones will have where he can sit behind Eli Eli Manning for as long as the team deems necessary where last year he was in a quarterback competition with Nathan Peterman and AJ McCarron and while it seemed like the team really wanted to bring him along slowly, he was working with the third team throughout most of training camp. And then all of a sudden at halftime of week one, uh, Peterman gets benched and all of a sudden Josh Allen is is the quarterback. And making the jump from Wyoming to the NFL is a, is a pretty big one, to say the least. So, you know, with that, throughout the first six weeks of the season, it looked like the game was moving a little too fast for him. It was a little too big for him. A lot of that trepidation as a Bills fan that you had if you're thinking like man you know our team just spent a first round draft pick on a true project then Allen gets injured in the game against the Texans sits out a few weeks Uh, the Bills make a very underrated signing and bringing in Derek Anderson Uh, Matt Barkley joining the team two savvy vets that could provide some additional perspective for him almost like additional coaches really to be honest and then Allen comes back against Jacksonville and and really kind of leads and I use this term, you know, a little bit, take it in context, but kind of explodes when he comes back in week 12 against Jacksonville. And not so much just explodes from his, his passing, because you can look at those passing statistics and nothing that's going to blow you away. But Josh Allen, the rusher, right, where he had this stretch of three games from week 12 through 14, where he rushed for almost 350 yards, a number of touchdowns in those games, and, and just showed that he could be a very talented weapon for this team and lead the Bills to be much more competitive than they had been earlier in the season. Yeah, I was going to say the names that you mentioned, uh, Peterman and McCarron, sort of meant that that he really wasn't in a quarterback competition. He was going to get that job sooner rather than later. 
Yeah, and that was the expectation, right? That I, I thought with with AJ McCarron signing that he was going to be the starter for let's say the first half of the season. Uh, the Bills had a week eleven bye in twenty eighteen, so you're thinking to yourself, okay. It's going to be a rough go. In 2018, too, the Bills had $50 million in dead cap space. The roster was not in a great position. Brandon Bean had done everything to front load that dead cap in 2018 where you knew it was going to be tough. So you're thinking to yourself, take your lumps with probably McCarron, then maybe Allen after the bye comes in to be the starter and see what he can do down the stretch. Or maybe he sits the entire season. Uh, and it seemed like everything through training camp, through the preseason, was pointing in that direction. And then literally it's halftime of the game against the Ravens, and Josh Allen comes out to start the second half. And I uh, really was no looking back at that point. And it looks like, you know, you mentioned the cap situation, and I was looking at the Bills offseason, and you know, the Bills were very, very active in free agency and to me it looks like you know one of the major goals that they had in free agency you mentioned offensive line help you know but it looks like one of the major goals was simply to give Josh Allen a better supporting cast you know a group or to put a group around him you know that had a chance to succeed you uh, you kind of look at it the same way Oh, absolutely. You look at the Bills, the, the core of their receivers, right? Early in 2018, you had guys like Andre Holmes. Uh, you had Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, guys that were off the roster by you know week 13 were really down the stretch. You would see Zay Jones, who was a, you know, a second year, second round pick wide receiver out of East Carolina. Robert Foster, an undrafted free agent out of Alabama. And all of a sudden, these guys are you know showing that they can be viable NFL targets and while you look at that and say hey they had a strong finish down the stretch with as Allen did you can't go into 2019 with those as your two primary targets so for Buffalo to make a priority in signing Cole Beasley to operate out of the slot and really be a safety valve for Allen uh, that's something that uh, you know saw as a need and exciting for them to add and then John Brown coming to the Bills um, they were in the mix to sign him before the 2018 season uh, with the uncertainty at quarterback, he opted to go to Baltimore, got off to a great start when Joe Flacco was the starting QB. And then when they made the switch to Lamar Jackson, uh, his statistics and play really kind of fell off the cliff. So, you know, now you've got the big arm quarterback and Josh Allen and John Brown comes to talk, comes to town, you know, with him and Robert Foster, Beasley and Zay Jones, you've got four wide receivers that can do some good things. Uh, obviously, those two returners for the Bills still have something to prove. But, you know, some reasons to be optimistic with the potential that they showed uh, over the past six, seven weeks of the 2018 season. Have to ask you about the 2019 NFL draft for the Bills, mostly because the first two players that Buffalo selected, defensive lineman Ed Oliver with the ninth pick and right tackle, at least that's what uh, where the Giants would have used him if they had selected him. Cody Ford with the 38th overall pick. Those are two guys who were pretty, uh, who were connected to the Giants quite a bit, you know, throughout the uh, the draft process by mock draft analysts and and all of that. So I'm just curious, you know, what your thoughts are on those two players, you know, after we've gone through the spring. 
Yeah, Ed Oliver was the player that, uh, and I say the majority of Bills fans, but there was a lot of buzz around Oliver, you know, potentially falling to to Buffalo at number nine. And I say that because with the retirement of Kyle Williams, who is just so beloved as as any player that I I think is ever suited up for the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, the team had a had a need along their defensive line to to get a defensive tackle that could come in and see Ed Oliver as some one that could just be so disruptive would be a great fit with the other pieces along that line so there was a, a general sense of giddiness when when he fell to buffalo because for many they were thinking to themselves okay do you you know do you get like a tj hawkinson do you get one of the offensive linemen or will ed oliver be there at nine and when he fell it was just uh, a, a a jubilation amongst Bills fans at least uh you know online and sharing comments and excitement from that standpoint when you talk about Cody Ford again, right, you, you look for this team and you think to yourself, they they just need to be better along the offensive line. In 2018, when they lost Richie Incognito and Eric Wood, you know, all of a sudden you just saw the Bills putting a, a subpar offensive line out there each and every week. So to bring in someone like Cody Ford, who can be a bookend on the right side with Deion Dawkins on the left, uh, potentially, you know, Ford as a, a rookie may play inside, potentially the ability to play right guard and have Ty Naseki start at right tackle. But, you know, someone that can be a hopeful dominant fixture amongst the Bills offensive line for years to come. All right, Anthony, I have to ask you, you know, about the AFC East. We know what team resides in the AFC East. But what would your expectation be for the Bills, you know, in 2019? And the, the 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 second part of that question would be, you know, someday, someday the New England Patriots are going to fall apart. Someday they're going to take a step back. And when you look at the long-term future of the Bills, you know, with Josh Allen and, and some of the moves they've made, how do you feel you know, about uh, about the long term future of, of this of this team at this point? Well, I'll ask, answer the second part first. You know, the, the long term future, you feel that the team is in a good spot. And I, I do give a lot of that credit to head coach Sean McDermott and general manager Brandon Dean. And I say that because, you know, they took over a situation following, you know, Doug Whaley and Rex Ryan that was a bit of a mess from not just what your locker room looked like, but what your salary cap situation looked like. And and literally in, in two seasons, right, they were able to end the drought and clean up all that dead cap space and put the team in position where, you know, you're not overspending really for different free agents. You've got your left tackle and right tackle on rookie deals. You've got your quarterback on a rookie deal. You've got guys like Tremaine Edmonds who, you know, going into their second season, season, Trey White, like just guys that are still playing on their rookie contracts, but playing at a high level. So for the team, there's a lot of young talent that's affordable right now. And you've got someone in Brandon Bean who just is competent enough to manage the salary cap as needed. And uh, Bills fans have a lot of faith in the work that he's done so far. Um, as far as the AFC East goes, I mean, we've been saying for years, right, that it's that run for the Patriots has to end at some point. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what it is with Tom Brady. Uh, you know, everyone knows that he keeps himself in phenomenal shape with his workouts and whatnot and uh, really has not shown too many signs of, of slowing down. Um, you know, talking to you, you know, talking to Giants fans as well, we always have a little bit of a soft spot in our heart for 
for Giants fans with your two victories over the Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl because it's just one of those pieces where you think to yourself, eventually this team has, has got to come back to reality a little bit. Um, but right now with Brady, he does not show too much, uh, too many signs of slowing down. But with the retirement of guys like Rob Gronkowski, you know, eventually it will come and, and maybe it'll be over the next season or two. But I do think the Bills are in much better position to compete with the Patriots right now. Um, their defense has really been built in a way to, to compete with with what they do. Um, they're always a bit stingy against the Pats, but the offense has never been in a position to really get them over the hump. Um, but again, it'll be interesting to see the two matchups this year and what that can really look like. You know, Anthony, it's an aside, but uh, here at Big Blue View, we we take full credit for the first 2007 Super Bowl victory over the Patriots because that was our first year of existence. So we take full credit for for uh, for, for, for making that happen. It was only because well, of us. That is uh, that's pretty fantastic. Then they should send you guys each a ring to uh, commemorate that Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna have to talk to Giants PR about that and see if we can retroactively get rings. They they, they might throw something at me and send me something plastic out of a bubble gum machine. Hey, whatever works, right? <laughs> whatever works. Hey, Anthony, I have to ask you one more question about a guy who's with the Giants now and really sort of just passed through Buffalo. And that, that would be wide receiver and now also kickoff returner with the Giants, Corey Coleman. You know, guy went through Cleveland. You guys traded for him. It didn't work out. You kind of moved on from him really quickly. Just your thoughts on why it didn't work out for Coleman and and why it might work out, why there might still be reason to be optimistic about him, you know, for the Giants. Yeah, and it was interesting, right? When the Bills did trade for Corey Coleman, there was, and I know I use this term, but a sense of optimism amongst Bills fans because you're thinking, all right, a former first-round draft pick that didn't work out. Um, we currently have a guy in Jerry Hughes on our roster that fit into that same category, and uh, credit to Doug Whaley when he made the trade years ago, and Hughes has really thrived since arriving in Buffalo. So you start to think, okay, maybe Coleman – you know, he just needed a change of scenery from what was going on in Cleveland. Obviously, they've struggled with their quarterback position, this and that. But we also know that Coach Sean McDermott is very much as, you know, he calls it the, the process, right? He'll either talk about trusting the process or respect the process. And he looks for guys that are, you know, dedicated to the game of football, that have a, a love for the game. And they have that sense of urgency to want to get better and to perform. And it just seemed from the time that Coleman came in, uh, maybe he said some of the right things to the media, but it just, it wasn't matching up with the, the effort on the field throughout training camp, uh, obviously in a bit of a tough position to get traded during training camp and come in and you're trying to relocate and pick everything up. But, uh, yeah, he was there for, you know, maybe one or two cups of coffee. And then that was about it. Um, before the bills decided, uh, you know, to, to move on from it. So, you know, really nothing more other than that. Maybe he has found a good spot, you know, in New York and, and obviously some some holes along the, the wide receiver core for your crew that maybe he can step in and, and continue to flash a little bit more as a, a big play option for the Giants. Well, you know, two things about Coleman that I will say. The Giants gave him an opportunity to return kickoffs, which he never got in Cleveland. He had done some of that at Baylor 
and he's really, really good at returning kickoffs. You don't, you don't have to learn a playbook. You don't have to run complicated routes. You know, he's got incredible speed, and he uses it very well on kickoffs. It's something to me, you know, when I look at how well he does it, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that, that the Cleveland Browns never gave him an opportunity to do that. And the other thing that I will say that might actually interest Bills fans, especially off some of the things that that you said about about his his brief tenure in Buffalo, I got a chance to talk to him, you know, late last season, and you know he went through, you know, the Cleveland experience wasn't great, and then he got bounced out of Buffalo quickly, and he got cut twice by New England. And I think a lot of that was a little bit of a reality check for him, you know. And and he seemed to be humbled a little bit when he got to the Giants last year. So maybe with all of that speed, and he's still a relatively young guy. Maybe, you know, I think this is why the Giants signed him. Is maybe there's you know, the talent is still there if he can just, if he can ever harness it. No, absolutely. And you see enough times, right? Sometimes guys just need that wake up call for whatever it may be. And you talk about him as a returner. I mean, the the Bills signed Andre Roberts away from the New York Jets early on in free agency, um, quite honestly, because, you know, the damage that he's done as a kick returner. And maybe for someone like Coleman, he can find a niche there and have some success. Uh, You know, maybe he can you know, have a bit of a resurgence for his career and continue to develop a little bit more as a receiver as well. All right, Anthony, thank you very, very much for dropping some Bill's knowledge on us. You know, I think, do you know offhand, I don't have it in front of me, what part of the season the Giants and Bills play? I don't have it right in front of me. Week two. So the Bills open, yeah, the Bills open at the Jets in week one, and then week two they are at the New York Giants. So I don't know if the team will just decide to, to stay down in, in New Jersey between games or if they'll head back to Buffalo after uh, after week one against the Jets. But week one and week two uh, at MetLife Stadium. There you go, MetLife Stadium, the big, gray, boring building <laughs> in East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been there, Anthony. I have. I have. Uh, I have been there once for a Sunday night football game against the Chicago Bears and I'll tell you I had a, I had a great experience at the game it was uh it was a lot of fun and and like I said I you know being from upstate New York you get plenty of uh you get plenty of coverage on the New York Giants and I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for them so it's uh you know good fans good community and uh and I had a good time the one game that I was at for whatever it's worth All right. Well, we thank you much for spending some time with us. And uh, maybe before that week two game, we will uh, we'll be talking to you. Hopefully it'll be a better season uh, in 2019 for both of our teams. That would be great. Ed. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, Giants fans, we thank Anthony Marino for dropping some information about the Buffalo Bills on us. 
as I said uh, at the at the top of the show, this show is airing on July 3rd. You know, please be safe on the 4th of July as you enjoy family, friends, as you enjoy some fireworks. If you're going to be uh, putting together your own fireworks display, please do so safely. Please take care. We don't want any injuries, you know, any Thing tragic to happen. It's it should be a great fun day. So please, uh, you know, take whatever precautions you can as you uh, as you shoot off your fireworks, as you travel to and from wherever you're going to enjoy the day. If you're out on a lake someplace, so uh, you know, have a great day, have a safe day, and uh, we will talk to you again soon, Giants fans. All right, bye bye.